record something and talk to her. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do the best I can. Hi, Effie. Let me say two things right away. First of all, boy, I loved hearing your voice. I just really loved it. Secondly, I don't know how they get a horse to go up on their back legs. I think that's what you're asking, right? I know that I've seen people do it in movies, and I've definitely seen it done in horse competitions, where it's called dressage, if I'm saying that right. Check with your daddy. He always knows how to say things correctly. But in horse competitions, they do a thing where they make horses do dances or skip around a little pen or... You know what, sweetie? I, I don't know. I actually don't know. I'm not even sure that's what dressage is. I think I know what I'm talking about, but this is all filtered through so many layers in my brain. I'm telling you what I remember watching on a video feed from when I was a kid at my parents' house before I even went to the academy. There were horses at the academy, and we used to ride them, yeah, but that was... I mean, I'm sure Daddy told you to ask me about horses because he knows I rode horses. He's never been on a horse. Unless, I mean, he hadn't been on a horse when I left. Maybe you're asking because he's taken you on a horse since. Or, no, he he asked you to ask me because he knows that at the academy, we, I mean, your daddy and I talked about it and... Effie, I don't know what that was. They wanted us to learn to ride horses because it was some sort of throwback to the old military, or they wanted us comfortable around giant animals, or I don't know, teach us dominion over something. I don't know. I just don't know. I guess... Sorry. Jesus. Don't apologize. Just pull yourself together. What? Pull yourself together. I don't mean to be a cliche, but you've got to figure out how to be a little more emotionally stable. Oh. You don't mean to be a cliche? Yes. Your 12-year-old is going to listen to this. Yes. And your 15-year-old. And if you can't pull yourself together and be a grown-up for them, then at least keep in mind that you're literally the most famous person on Earth right now. Every single thing you record will be studied for millennia after this. And, and, we fucked up somehow. Somehow, we jumped two and a half times farther than we were supposed to and used up all the fuel doing it and we're too far away from any star to refuel the F-list engines. Yeah. So, they're going to look through everything we do to try to figure out where we went wrong. And if you send back a message that sounds like you're on the edge of fucking suicide... I get it. But you can even ignore all that. Do you want Effie and Charlie and Jay, especially Jay, to have to deal with knowing you're up here losing your mind? I get it. Think a little more Apollo astronauts and not quite so much Sylvia Plath. I said I get it. 
I totally said I get it. I get what you're saying. Good. Just sucks because you have no idea how this feels. You have no idea what I have no idea about. Fine. Let's do a different one. The other three are loaded. Just pick one. Hey, Dad. Okay, so I've got a question. We've been watching tennis, and they keep on talking about unforced errors and winners, and I guess I don't really understand. Like, two people are hitting the ball back and forth, and the commentator will say, backhand winner, and then an identical shot will do basically the exact same thing. And they'll say, unforced error on the other guy. I asked Daddy about it, but he couldn't really explain it. Take a breath. Yeah. Charlie, hey, love. Okay, this is really easy for me to answer. Let's say you have two players. Call them Charlie and Lem. Once a point starts, there are a few ways for that point to end, including a winner, a forced error, or an unforced error. Oh my god, I miss tennis. (laughs) Okay, so if you, Charlie hit the ball to me, Lem, and it's just a beautiful lopey shot just hanging out there right in front of my forehand, just begging to be crushed. And I, your father, decide to take no mercy on you, and in an effort to crush you, I just smash that forehand down the line and you don't even have the chance of getting a racket on it. Then I, Lem, your father, have just hit a winner on you you should feel appropriately humiliated. If we're in the same situation, you've just hit a beautiful, lopy, hanging shot right to my forehand, and I decide to humiliate you, but in my desperation to prove that this old man cannot be done in by their teen, I smash the ball directly into the net, then I have committed an unforced error. I should therefore wither and collapse right there on the court. You should vault the net and stand over my twitching body and do a a little dance. Now, same situation. You hit a gorgeous cantaloupe of a shot that hangs in front of me. I smash it back into your court. But you, somehow, you rise up, place a devastating cross-court return, And I dive for a desperate backhand only to manage to send the ball careening off the racket and into the fourth row stands. Well, then, my friend, I've just committed a forced error. You've played the shot so well that I had no choice but to be defeated. You know, it's only occurring to me as I'm saying all this, there, there are only three ways for a point to end in tennis. Either you play the point exactly right and your opponent can't even get there, or you play the point badly on your own, or the point unfolds where the players simply do such a good job that eventually one of them simply isn't up to the task of playing tennis properly anymore. I'll tell you what, kiddo. Promise me... <laughs> You won't practice, and I'll play you as soon as I get home, and I promise you I shall show you no mercy. I love you, sweetheart. See? That was charming. Thanks. I mean, for, like, 
<sighs> You're right, I gotta keep my shit straight. No problem. We are here to help each other. <laughs> you are extremely comforting. By the way, you're wrong, in case you're wondering. About what? Tennis. There's one more way the point could end. Oh, yeah? Double fault. Really? You could lose the point on the serve. I suppose you've been called for double faulting? Me? No. I've never been caught. You are extremely not comforting. <laughs> the word is discomforting. Two more? Yeah. <sighs> Maybe one now and I save the other. Ha! Okay. Whichever is next in the queue, let me do it in the speakers. It's up. Hey, Dad. I've got a question for you, and it makes me really frustrated. How many minutes are in a while? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a question I would very much love to hear an answer to. I mean, okay, first of all, can I just say... Yep. It's sort of crazy that she's asking me a question about time. Me. Of all people. Exactly. Shouldn't you be answering any time-related questions? I wouldn't presume. I'm serious. If you could... I mean, okay, there might not be a human being who knows more about this shit than I do, but there's definitely no sentient being who knows more than you. That feels awfully close to a compliment. Uh, <laughs> When you and I were, God, just months and months made up of hours and hours sitting next to each other. Yes. That was maybe the most extraordinary two years of my life. That's really wonderful. I wish I could say the same, but I don't really experience time the same way. There's no sense of having been born and then someday dying, so a year is pretty arbitrary for me. Wait, so hold up. If you don't experience time the same way, was it not, like, an extraordinary thing for you? For me, it felt like a miracle that I got to be alive at the moment that we figured it all out, that I got to be one of the engineers, that I was, there's a saying, uh, standing on the shoulders of giants. Sure. And I couldn't believe I was standing on the shoulders of giants who were standing on the shoulders of other giants all the way down to where I couldn't even see. But you don't experience that. Well, I can't know if our experience was the same. But in at least one way, it was very different. Because my identity is based on a series of created and destroyed units of memory. Wait, what does that mean? I had... I mean, basically it was a program, an operating system, and a series of quantum drives that continue to refresh and store all the information that I put in. Right, so why- but Then my OS kept getting upgraded and the drives were reformatted and there's just a lot of redundancy and, you know, garbage. There's just a lot of garbage in my head. Oh my god, that's exactly, I mean, we have to sit on a couch with a shrink for a couple of years to access and destroy all the crap redundancies in our brains, but you can just clean yours out. Sure, but it's not me who decides to clean them out. A lot of that was done by other people. I mean, it was mostly me, but only because I'm one of the engineers who has been working on AI, so it was all of us together that decided. 
and you don't see what we did the same way I do. I don't have the same sense of history, because my entire history was erased, and the hardware repurposed. So, I had a very personal connection to what we were doing, but I didn't have the same sense of impending fame. The same sense that I was a part of some giant, great narrative. That's... Yeah. Because I'm not folded into the narrative of your history in the same way. There's no... I'm not standing on the shoulders of giants because I have been seen more like... more like a backpack that each giant is wearing. Sure. So to speak. I, I was surprised at how much all of you like to sit. <laughs> what? <laughs> when I still had my body, before they moved me from the suit drive into the ship drive... I would walk into a room with you and Semi and Carl and she and Miss Denning and every single time all of you would beeline to a chair. <laughs> it was as if standing was some unnatural thing you were being forced to do. <laughs> and every second you were doing it was torture. <laughs> I'm serious. And what's interesting from my standpoint is that I know how much insane computing power was going into me being able to stand and walk at all. It was such an achievement that I sort of felt like sitting was... I don't know how to put this. Wasteful? Sacrilegious. Whoa. Wow, really? Do the question. Shit, right, yeah. Effie, my love, what an amazing question. Please thank your daddy for letting me answer it. Okay, how long is a while? I want to figure this out because I know there isn't an answer all set up already. It's a pretty wiggly thing. Let's see. How would we use it in a sentence? It's going to be a while, right? That's the first thing that comes to mind. Like you say how long until I get my driver's license and then we say, oh, honey, it's going to be a while, right? Because that's not really minutes exactly because it's going to be four or five years until you get your learner's permit. Oh, but... We sometimes use a little while, which is way less time. If your daddy's washing dishes and you ask him to watch a show or something, he might say, Effie, I'm going to be doing this for a little while. Why don't you watch with your sibling? Then a while might be like 20 minutes or something. Okay. Okay, let me, let me give you a good answer, a solid answer. When you say, I'll be back in a couple minutes, then it's something like two to three minutes, like if you're going to the bathroom. If you say, I'll be back in a few minutes, then it's more like five to 10 minutes, which is, I mean, I guess that could also be if you're going to the bathroom or if you're running to the store or something. Now, if you say, I'll be back in a little while, then that's 20 minutes to maybe an hour. That's a little while. If you just say a while, then you're saying it's going to be even longer than an hour. It could even be a, a long time. Send me more questions, love. I can't wait to hear them. That's really good. Well, thanks. Seriously. Sometimes you get... That could have been dark. That could have made you really sad. You did great. I'm not usually in charge of how any of this makes me feel, but yeah, thanks. Okay. No, seriously, I'm trying to... Keep your head up? As it were, yes. All right. Let's do the last one later. 
we've got a debris sweep scheduled for... Let's the- just do it now. Put it in the cans. I'm on a roll. And you know how long it might be before I'm on a roll again? <laughs> it could be a while. It could be a while. Queued up. Hit play. What? I'm sorry. It's queued up in the cans. Hit play. Hey, love. Whoa. I have no what? questions for you. It's I'm Jay. Sorry. Hold up. Let hey, me go back. Jay? Right? Hang on. Going back. Hey, love. I have no questions for you, I'm sorry to say. I also don't have answers. I'm sure Mikey will fill you in on everything. Which is wonderful, by the way, that you aren't up there alone. You've got an IBM with knobs that go to 11, but we still don't know exactly what happened. I'm really sorry. I really am. I almost feel like I wish you were here because you're the person who has the best chance of figuring out what happened. Right now, all of the machines are talking to each other, trying to work it out, and maybe they need some interference from an engineer. The good thing is, nobody seriously thinks it was you. They're just looking for answers. Like all of us, or at least like all of us should be. I love you. Save the disk space for the kids. What the fuck? What did he say? It was just... They don't have any information. They had him record a message saying that? Jay? They have almost no hard drive space, but they sent up a message from Jay, and it was him saying they don't know anything. They send a hard drive ten light years through space, So Jay could say he misses me? Well, he misses you. That's not it. You know we're not like this. That's not what this is. This is... What? Is he like... Is he in trouble? He's in trouble and he's reaching out to you? How does that make any sense? Why would he send a message to you if he was in trouble? I don't know. Maybe it's... I just don't know. So, Rebecca and I have talked about it, and I will record a message. And also, this is bullshit. Yes, also that. This is bullshit. But I'll record the message and hope he'll know what I mean. Okay, look. You might as well stop! Because I'm going to record the message, and then you can decide if you're going to send it. But I shall not be accepting notes on my message, and I shall not be doing rewrites or what have you. I will give you my recording, and you can decide what to do with it. And you can go fuck yourselves. Again, yes. I think it goes without saying, but since my esteemed sister-in-law is clarifying our position on the matter, then yes, you can all go fuck yourselves. Ask Your Father by Sean Williams. Directed by Jordana Williams. Featuring Rebecca Comtois, Kevin R. Free, Rob Maitner, Barnaby Williams, Marlena Williams, and Sean Williams. Designed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. 
Music by Kent Williams. Produced by Gideon Media. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a podcast which combines the art and beauty of classic literature with the fun of Dungeons and Dragons roleplay. These episodes are led by me, Kate, your master teacher, which is Dungeon Master meets High School English Teacher. We take on quests in these fascinating worlds, meeting and adventuring with the greatest literary characters of all time, solving puzzles set up by the dubious Dr. Frankenstein. One eye is over there, and the other eye is rolled over there. Exactly right. Hunting Moby Dick alongside Captain Ahab. (laughs) I've rolled a one. Are you rolling? Of Mice and Men and Monsters is a faithful yet irreverent way to interact with the stories which have influenced us for centuries. Plus, it's a much more exciting way to experience literature than writing an essay. Essays don't have swords which burst into flame, or poop monsters hiding in toilets. Anybody got some poop for me? A new episode of Of Mice and Men and Monsters is released every other Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. 